Welcome to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. I'm back again with Yusip Reune. What's up? Hey, hey, Toby. I've got exciting news, or at least it's exciting for me. I'm not sure about any, anybody else. So a short background. Uh, now that I've been exercising a bit more and obviously staying at home a bit more, I've, I've tried to really focus on, on what I'm eating and how much and, and what, what sort of ingredients I'm consuming. So my trusty and a bit crusty blender broke up, and it was a fairly cheap one. And that was the second one from the same manufacturer that I bought. And it lasts for about a year. But when you use a blender for perhaps two times a day, seven days a week, it simply doesn't last. So I spent a couple of weeks researching on and off on, on what should I get next, because I knew I would, I would like to get a really good blender. And I found one, but it was perhaps a bit too expensive because it was more of these commercial ones that, that you can see when you go to these juice bars. Uh, and they use the same model. So A lot I, of those thought, that you can kind of integrate into your sink, or you can have yeah. it on your desk, like integrated. Yeah, yeah exactly. On your working so, desk. <laughs> yeah, and, and they, I think they've been designed so that you can essentially run them for eight hours a day. And for me, it's like I need it for 90 seconds in the morning and 90 seconds in the evening, and that's it. So uh, I found they have the same model from the same maker, but a, a bit more uh, optimized for home use. So I went out and got one, and it's a bit like a tank as opposed to being this shaky, fragile thing. And now I've been using that for about a week, and I'm so immensely happy with that, that in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, yeah, I need to fix myself a smoothie now because it's so much fun doing it because it's, it, it just works. So perhaps what's been on my mind lately is how happy I am with the blender and how life is good now. <laughs> okay. Uh, on a similar note, I have challenges with my blender as well. So if you can pass me a link to that blender that actually works, <laughs> that's going to be an eye opener for me. I will. I will. So what's up with you? So for me, I have two things. I initially only had one thing, but since you started talking about health, and workouts and eating healthy, I kind of feel bad because, you know, the last couple of weeks I have not been doing my push-ups and my, my daily routines at home when I work. So for reference, I, I mentioned in another episode that I, I try to do at least 200 push-ups every day in, in different iterations, which helps me stay sane and healthy when I'm working from home. I kind of slacked on that bit because we, we were in the process of selling our house and had a lot of things going on. Uh, after working hours. So I, I didn't have time to kind of think about it. It was a couple of intense days and weeks lately. So I kind of slacked on that bit. What I did do though is uh, I've been on a, a used sale extravaganza, if you will. And since we're moving this winter, I have started to sell all the outdoor furnitures and equipment and everything that we have for pretty low prices, almost giving them away. Because 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of people, and I'd rather see these things you know, come to good use with families that may or may not perhaps be in a position to buy new equipment so I can now hand it out to them instead so they will have a good rest of the, the life, the, the furniture life, and whatever is left on, of them will be with good families. 
So that's something that I can pat myself on the shoulder a little bit to feel good about. And I hope they, uh, they all appreciate that. But yeah, that's on my side. Uh, but mainly, obviously, because you mentioned health, I'm lacking on my push-ups. So now I need to start. Yeah, so right after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I will go on mute yeah. and I will do 100 push-ups. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds good. I haven't been doing push-ups lately too much. And perhaps it's because when I go to the gym, I have this, this, uh, this regimen that I'm trying to follow. Uh, and I feel that if I do the push-ups in between, I'm sort of eating out my energy before my next exercise. But I'm, I'm inspired now, so I will, I will give this a try this weekend. Let's do a challenge. Yes. Alrighty. So today's episode is a first look at Azure Communication Services. And this is a new service which was announced during Ignite 2020, and it's now in public preview. Have you had a chance to play around with this yet? So I've, I've seen it. I have not built anything with it, but I really like it. And the idea, as I understand it, is you can kind of build your own experiences with video, voice, chat, and text messaging. And you can use that for your users wherever they are, mobile, web, in your applications. And it's based on the same platform as Microsoft Teams. So you can kind of build your own communication apps, uh, platform, you know, wherever you are and what kind of business you are. Instead of using Microsoft Teams, you can now build your own proprietary solution based on the same technology. That's my takeaway from what this is. That's exactly what it is. And and the marketing page uh, nicely says that it's about building a scalable communication experiences that are engaging. And <laughs> for me, uh, <laughs> chat and SMS is not engaging. It's off, too often it's, it's spam that I don't need. But the interesting bit here, before we sort of dive into how you can do these things, is that the marketing page also promises that ACS, and I know it's a, it's a horrible abbreviation on this because there's been too many ACSs in the, in the past. But the marketing page promises that, that it uses the same platform as Microsoft Teams. And, and I was sort of trying to find some evidence. So, so what exactly is it using? Is it, is it based on service fabric or does it imply it's built on Azure? And my understanding is that they, they simply reference that, well, it's, it's hosted on, a, on Azure platform, so that's sort of the same platform as Teams. And I, I think they're simply using the Teams branding here as a, as a token of quality rather than that you're actually leveraging the exact same things that the Teams team built for you to enjoy. Right. So may, maybe it's that some of the services that Teams rely on are the services we can now hook and, and hook up to with the communication service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in essence, the whole service is a set of APIs. And when I first tried this out, so that, that was right after Ignite wrapped up. I, I tried this out and I often like put 20 minutes aside and, and want to figure out what can I do with this. There's not much you can do with this, if anything, unless you open Visual Studio and actually start coding something. So as you already mentioned, ACS, Azure Communication Services, uh, allows you to do voice and video calling, chat, uh, a bit like WhatsApp or Teams chats, SMS meaning text messages, and you can also have phone numbers. And the phone numbers are for sending SMS. Uh, so in example, as an example, if you have a 
booking service and somebody books the time from you, let's say you're a doctor, then you can send an SMS confirmation and you can define what the number is going to be. And, and you could perhaps use the same number for all of those confirmations. Yeah. And, and I really like this, like from the use case perspective, I, I also saw that Microsoft Mechanics, they had a, a demo showcase of, um, well, both Contoso Health, like with the doctor example, but also um, one with they, where they have a refrigerator repair shop and someone is at home and their freezer is broken. They cannot get ice cubes. So they go to this website of this small shop and say, request a call with a repair person and they get a link in SMS, they click it, it opens up the app or the web, web app, depending on how you designed it. And from your mobile device, you can directly have a video call with the repair person. And then you can just walk over to your fridge or freezer and put your phone inside of it and show them, well, this is what it looks like. And, and the person on the other side can say, well, I can see the problem. You should try and do this or that. And then they can kind of remotely help you remotely fix things which is a huge enabler for a lot of businesses. And what I like about this is you can put your branding on it, right? You build your own proprietary solution. So it's not, uh, I mean, I've, I've done this with small shops in Sweden and then we used either WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or something else because they didn't have their own service for this. But I like this because it's kind of like a chatbot concept on a website. You go there, there's this dialogue popping up. Hey, can we help? You click it. You say request a, a repairman or a repair person to help me out. You get a link, you're on a call and maybe you have to pay, a, a, you know, $20 or whatever that's going to be for, for 10 minutes looking at your refrigerator. And that's, to me, that's an enabler, right? For a lot of these small shops, but also for enterprises to enable better customer service and to provide your services at a global scale, not just in your local community, which is pretty cool. This is reminding me of perhaps 10 years ago when we got the Unified Communications Managed APIs, if I recall the name correctly. And that was still a time when you would use Link or OCS, Office Communication Services, uh, to embed this, this uh, presence icon and your persona, often on an, on an intranet. And then you would hover with your mouse. It would perhaps push some Silverlight extensions for you in order Ooh, to render the animation. Shivers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had a couple of projects back then that sort of required to use the, I, I think it was UCMA was the managed one. And then there was a JavaScript one. And that required me to sort of, sort of implement something with them. And they were so complex to, to even just get up and running and authenticate it and, and, and have them work. And this was before anybody really started talking about bots in the current context of chatbots, if you will. So uh, now the Azure Communication Services, I, I keep thinking Azure Communications Services, uh, it's a set of APIs so you can leverage them uh, through uh, REST API, and then there's also uh, an SDK giving you client libraries. And what I did uh, when I wanted to try this out, I opened Visual Studio 2019 and built a simple C-sharp uh, command line tool to sort of interact with the APIs to see what I'm getting back and if I can actually do something with this service. So let's let's sort of walk through 
how this whole thing works. There was a slight learning curve for me to, to understand the basics. So first you need to provision the service. Two options here for now, because this is still in public preview. And the first one is obviously you go to Azure portal, you click next, 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 done, and that's it. It takes you about 45 seconds to uh, create or provision your instance of Azure communication services. The other interesting aspect is that the docs, and we'll put the link in the, in the show notes, the docs also give you an example on how to provision an instance of ACS using .NET. And I, I sort of understand the reasoning here, but I perhaps wouldn't go to .NET to, to use managed code to provision a single instance of something. But is, is, Toby, is that something you're sort of seeing people are doing? So for the communication service specifically, I haven't seen it because it's fairly new and I don't have experience enough to, to see this in the wild. Provisioning things from .NET is super common. We do this a lot ourselves and I, I built a lot of solutions where either uh, Azure Functions or Azure Container Instances handle some provisioning stuff and that is mainly either from C Sharp using the Fluent APIs or then from C Sharp or deploying ARM templates. So I can see the use cases for why I would like to do this from .NET as well. But as I understand it, the communication service, it's not something you would set up 100 communication services per month, right? In, in my mind, you set this up once for your business and then you rely on that service for you know, all the interactions you have. Uh, that's how I understand it. I can see a couple of reasons why you need multiple or why you want multiple services. Like if you need isolation, security, some boundaries between the services, if, they're, uh, if you have a, a large enterprise or, or a larger business and you have decoupled departments or you have some internal tools, you have some external tools where you allow external users to call and make video calls and whatever. And then you have another set of internal tools where you only allow internal collaboration. Then I could see uh, how you want to differentiate having multiple services we can kind of draw this hard line between them and a boundary so they're like waterproof and bulletproof. You don't have any communication between them. So I definitely see the use cases of using .NET as a provisioning engine because uh, I do this for everything. I do this for a lot of things. We spin up new containers in the cloud daily, hundreds of ACIs every day, spinning up, doing some jobs, you know, um, killing them and they are returned to the cloud, if you will. And, and this happens in a month, maybe we spin up 5,000 containers, and this is all from .NET. Now, a container or a function or something like that is slightly different than a communication service. So again, kind of depends on your use case, but I do see the use case where you want to do that. And also for another reason, which is dev, staging, testing, and production. So if you want all the configuration and everything to be exactly the same, I don't want to go to the Azure portal and clickety-click and have my service and then make some tweaks and configurations in dev, forget to do them in staging or test or in production. But if I provision them exactly the same across all environments, I know it's gonna be exactly the same deployed as well. So there's definitely use cases for that. Alrighty, um, so now that you have the service up and running, uh, next thing you need to do is create and manage your access tokens. And in order to do this, uh, I use .NET Core and a super simple uh, command line tool. I followed a bit on, on some of the tutorials they already have uh, 
available online on the documentation for ACS. And a, a few interesting tidbits here is that you use azure.communication.administration library to, to, to get user access tokens. And the service has a lightweight identity directory and it has nothing to do with Azure AD. So when you're asking for an access token, what you're actually doing, you're, you're provisioning a new user identity, and then you have to record that identity in your own database to later match that with whatever other identities you might have. Perhaps users are accessing a web service with uh, an account already, so you would map those tokens with those users. And once you have the tokens, then you can actually start doing something. So there's a couple of options. Uh, chat, as of today, is already available. So you can create a chat thread. And to me, this felt very much the same as if I would create a WhatsApp group, for example. And you can set a topic for that. And the topic is just a string of text. And then you add members to the thread. And then you can send and receive messages from that thread. And one fine bit here is that you can also edit those messages. So you can pick up a message and update that later on with, with new content, if you like. So chat is probably the easiest one, but there's a lot of concepts here as well. Who's receiving, what's a group chat, and what's a chat thread, and how does it work, and, and what sort of schema are you getting from that? So what I did is I built a simple tool that authenticates, gets an access token for a couple of users, creates one chat thread, adds those users as members to the thread, and then they keep sending messages to each other. And I could verify that I'm actually getting those messages. And getting to this bit is, is, is rather simple. There's not much code needed, but you just have to be super careful with the tokens, the thread IDs, and the message IDs. And I simply use Notepad to keep track on what's going where. It, it kind of resembles uh, if, if you do work in Microsoft Teams and you, you use the, the channels and the chats, it kind of resembles that. So you have similar capabilities, which obviously if it's built on the same platform, then that makes sense. So if, if, you, if you do have a lot of Teams communication and a lot of chat messages internally uh, and also for external users, now imagine building your own custom application where you can chat with your customers in a similar way, which is pretty cool without requiring them to download and install the Teams app or getting an account there. Just you know, anonymously or, or using their um, uh, Google accounts or Facebook account or Twitter account. I saw that you can use some of these social providers for authentication. Uh, and you can also use, obviously, um, Astro ID as authentication. Um, so that's pretty cool. You can enable anyone to just say, OK, sign in with my Twitter or with my Google or whatever. And I want to request help with my refrigerator or whatever it is and off you go. And perhaps somebody listening on this is now thinking, so why would I bother using this? I could use Twilio, which is a third party service in Azure, or I could just build my own. How hard it is to build an API that picks messages and sends messages and stores those in a, in a storage space or a database? Well, obviously you can do that fairly easily. But perhaps what I see as value here is that you also now can treat chat as a first party service in Azure. 
So you don't have to spend your time anymore on, on, on figuring out if it's reliable, does it scale if we get 200,000 messages per day. So all of these are sort of battle-hardened already through teams, especially this year. And, and now you get to leverage those and focus on the business benefit and business value as opposed to tinkering with the, with the basics in that sense. The other uh, option besides chat is telephony and SMS. And for these, you need a phone number or phone numbers. And since the service is still in preview, this is not available yet. So in order to get a phone number, you, you have to fill out a form to become an ACS early adopter. And we'll put the link for the form in the show notes. And perhaps if you're listening this three months from now, you might not need to fill out the form anymore. For now, it seems that this will be widely available in October 2020. Uh, and I did peek at the docs though. So once you get a number, you sort of go through a wizard in, in the Azure portal. You need to select a plan two options, uh, geographic or toll-free. And the geographic uh, number will be $1 a month. The toll-free will be $2 a month. And then you need to define if it's an inbound or outbound number. You cannot select both, but you can have two numbers and then you can define those, those as one being inbound, the other one being outbound. So is that one or $2 per month in total? to just have the number allocated, if you will. Yes, it's a bit like if you allocate a static IP address beyond, I think you, you get five for free, and then when you need the sixth one, uh, the sixth static IP, then you pay something per month. And for sending an SMS, once you have the number, you again need to authenticate the client, and then you send an SMS. Sending it is, is fairly easy. I had a look at the API, so you instantiate an SMS client, then you use the send method where you define what's the phone number that's sending it, what's the destination phone number, what's the message, and do you want to add some SMS options for like the deliver report or some such, and that's it. Yeah, and then when you want to handle inbound SMS, so, so you want to have, let's say, uh, in Europe, we traditionally every year have the Eurovision Song Contest, and then you can vote often by SMS or uh, a separate application. So I would imagine something like this to be used. So thousands or tens of thousands of people are sending SMS messages. So in order to handle those inbound messages, you use Azure Event Grid, and then you simply say, okay, when I'm getting a message with this topic and it's an SMS received, events, let's call Azure Functions or Logic Apps or whatever else you want to define as the endpoint that will handle it. And that's great news. And this gives me a great idea. Next time Finland comes into the Eurovision Song Context with something like Lordi, I don't know if you remember that, but Hard Rock Hallelujah, I think it was called their song. Yes, unfortunately, uh, I do remember it. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone does. And next time they, they uh, Finland does something like that, I might just build one of these clients and vote for Finland automatically upscale using all my credits in Azure. Uh, so this might be a way to do that. Sounds, sounds like a plan. And, and Finland, we are a nation that when we finally win in something, we, we won in ice hockey in 1995, then we won in Eurovision, I think in 2000 and 
three, I can't recall the exact year anymore. We are happy with that accomplishment for the next 20 years, so we don't really need any more wins for now. Perhaps 10 years from now would be nice to win something, so we're happy again for 15 more years. Yeah, maybe there will be a, a contest in heavy neolonta, which is a word I learned from you about yeah. knitting while listening to hard rock. Yeah, we would probably be pretty good with that. And then the last bit, so we had chat, telephony, and SMS, then the last bit is voice and video calling. And, and uh, the sample for this is a Node.js web application. And the use case is a bit, Toby, what you described here. You would go on a website, I need maintenance service. You, you would perhaps put in your phone number, and then you would say, click, and somebody would automatically call you. So you could route those available agents to call you back by using using the service in between often what i see companies simply doing they add their their uh, their dispatch number on a website and they might be clever enough to add tell in front of it to to make it a hyperlink and then you click on that and we realize that your client your browser has some sort of way to call it might be skype it might be your phone or something else so with this, we can actually do voice over IP calling now. And it also supports video calling and I think also group calling. So you can have multiple people join in the same video call. All right, cool. And so, pricing. pricing. Yeah, I was just about to ask. You, you always bring up pricing. Uh, yeah. I was about to ask. So we know pricing for allocating a phone number. What is there a price to using the services as a whole? Yeah, sadly, it's not free, and I don't think anybody's expecting that to be free. So it's pay-as-you-go, so no monthly fees. So once you provision the service, you pay for nothing. Once you allocate numbers, you pay a fixed fee on those. But then for everything else, calling and screen sharing uh, is billed per minute per participant, and it's 0.004 cents per minute. No, sorry, 0.004 dollars per minute, to, to be more exact. And per chat, participant. Per participant, yes. Yeah. And chat is per chat message, and it's 0.0008 dollars per message. Right. So, so if someone would abuse it and send a million chat messages, then the, the bill could go up. So I don't know if there's any built-in controls for that. Otherwise, that might be something to keep in mind to, uh, to build in um, some kind of spam protection or DDoS protection. But yeah, I, I would okay. assume that already exists with throttling and quotas. Yeah, I, you could set quotas. And of course, you, you would have to do a bit of monitoring. So how many messages are we expecting to get? Let's have a look at those events. If it goes beyond something, let's do something. Let's shut it down yeah. or have some sort of a safety mechanism in there. But this is a good example that it's relatively cheap. But if somebody finds a security issue in your implementation, perhaps you expose your custom API too widely and somebody starts spamming through that to send spam text messages to people, it might take you a couple of hours to figure it out. And by then, you've, you've sort of rang up a lot of cost with, with useless SMS. Yeah, so, so this is a pretty cool service, but I know there's other services from Microsoft that also offer some kind of communication APIs and stuff like that. Do you know anything about those? 
I actually had a look on what's available already. So we mentioned the unified communication thing. I, I hope it's not available anymore. But for cloud-based services, there's two. And the other one I've never used, and that's called Azure PlayFab Party. Mainly it's intended for Xbox to do chat and data communication in games. So, so that's perhaps the reason why I, I've never used this because I've never built anything for Xbox. Right. And the other one is Microsoft Graph Cloud Communication APIs. And this is for uh, companies that are already invested in Azure AD. So the users are Azure AD provisioned or managed, and they already have Microsoft 365 licenses. So typically they, be, they would be using SharePoint Online and Teams and whatnot. And then if you want to extend for custom productivity solutions on top of Teams, you would leverage this approach. But let's imagine that you built something using the, the Microsoft Graph Cloud Communication APIs for your team within a Microsoft Teams team. That's a lot of teams. And then you want to expand that, that once our team comes to a conclusion on, on whatever, and we want to send a note to a customer, then you would leverage for the SMS or chat message. You would then leverage Azure Communication Services. That all makes sense. And I really like the, the opportunities at large. When you look at Azure and everything available, it's just a growing opportunity for whatever business you're in, there's a service for that. Uh, so this is just another service in the, in the pipeline for what you can do to uh, kind of enable your organization to, uh, to grow further. And I kind of like that. And one thing that I also noticed in one of the, the examples that I want to also mention in, in passing here is if you do the chat applications or even if you do video calls, you can also do, you can integrate Azure AI for translation and sentiment analysis and stuff like that. So if you are on a chat message with the doctor or with the repair person for, for the refrigerator shop or you know whatever example, you can also get real-time translations of that. So if you're not a native English speaker or if you're based somewhere else and the customer is based in a different part of the world, you can have the messages automatically translated to the correct language in real time, which is also pretty cool. And we could do this many years ago. I, when you mentioned Silverlight before, uh, earlier in the episode, kind of recall when I built a Silverlight app using translation, Bing translation APIs to real time translate chat messages except that it didn't obviously work that well. It was a concept. Now that is working 100% and it's solid and rigid. So I really like this. It's a, I see this service as an enabler for whatever you want to do and you want to reach more people, more customers. This is a huge enabler to do that. I fully agree. And the, the support from Azure Event Grid really allows you to bind together different services based on what's happening with your chat messages, with your SMSs and whatnot. Uh, we'll also put the, the different events that you can trap with Event Grid from this service. We'll put the link in the show notes because it was an interesting read on what's supported now. The, I, I tried perhaps, I think it was about a month ago, I tried building a solution that allows me to automatically send messages to WhatsApp. And I, I think I'm not the only one who's part of too many WhatsApp groups, often ad hoc groups on revolving around some topic. And you sort of follow many of those, but many of those are something that you don't really care, but you sort of have to keep tabs on what's happening with certain things. 
So I figured, would it be possible to build a solution that would get events whenever I get WhatsApp messages, and then I could analyze those. And perhaps if my name is mentioned, it would do something. Uh, turn on a light at my home office, for example. And WhatsApp does not allow you to do this unless you sign in for a preview through Twilio. And in order to use that beyond just testing, you have to have a Facebook business page. So it's only intended for businesses to do advertising. It's businesses not who are on Facebook, nonetheless. Yes. Uh, so it's not for people building their own, own productivity solutions. And I, I sort of like it because WhatsApp is fairly simple now and, and it's quite widely used in Europe, at least. Oftentimes, if I speak with my American friends, they often say they use iMessage. But if you lack an iPhone, then it's a bit hard to use it. But then often I, I, I get a response, well, get an iPhone and it will be easier for you. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, but, but WhatsApp, what I like is the new form of SMS in the sense that, that it works from the desktop as well as your mobile phone. And it sort of is simple enough for people to learn how to use it. So this, this was a uh, nice quick first look at Azure Communication Services. And I think we'll let the service uh, mature a bit. And then we could have a new look in, in the not too distant future on, on what we can actually build with this and perhaps some have some more experience in, in what the challenges are in there. Uh, thank you again for tuning in and until next time. All right, see you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned.